Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Hey, everyone. It's uh, Patrick Beeman here, uh, the host or occasional host of the Inside the Boards podcast and founder of this platform. Uh, This is our question dissections series, uh, specifically pathology, that we are collaborating with Da Vinci Academy on. And I'm here with uh, Maxwell Cooper, who is the lead educator and founder of that platform. Um, And you can find the video of this case. Where? Yeah, on the Da Vinci Academy YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com slash uh, C slash Da Vinci Academy Med. Or, of course, click the link in the show notes. But we'll just dive into this case here. And uh, thanks for listening. And I will say, too, uh, recently, uh, Max and I uh, did an interview on his Da Vinci Hour podcast. So uh, you can find out more about me and my story, why I did you know, going to medicine and why I chose OBGYN, why I'm trying to do addiction, why I've got like (laughs) two podcast companies uh, with like 20 almost podcasts uh, across different health media sectors or focus areas. Um, And that should be up soon. How do they find that, by the way? Yeah, so that uh, if you go to whatever podcast platform you listen to on, uh, you can just search the Da Vinci Hour. It's usually uh, the first one that comes up. You can also go to our website, which is www.dviacademy.com slash the Da Vinci Hour. And that'll have all our episodes with uh, links out to all the different podcast platforms. Uh, it's also on our YouTube channel as well. And then I will just say, what is the point of that podcast? What is its uh, mission? Yeah, so the mission of that podcast uh, is one to give the listeners an inside look at different specialties, what people's lives in those specialties really are like, um, because I feel like as a med student, you only get kind of a limited snapshot of that on your different rotations, unless you personally spend an additional amount of time in that particular field. Um, and then it's kind of evolved to now where we also have people on like yourself who are doing really interesting things outside of their clinical work and how they balance that with their clinical work. So we have people that are, you know, working on medical devices, people that are running podcast networks like yourself, people doing AI research. Uh, so all types of, uh, interesting things that physicians are doing and kind of giving people an inside look into that as well. Awesome. Well, go listen and, uh, happy studying. Here's our case. All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Da Vinci Cases Inside the Boards. Uh, We have our uh, fourth case here for you for pathology, and here with Patrick Beeman from Inside the Boards and uh, Maxwell Cooper from Da Vinci Academy, and we're happy to be uh, walking you through another case here. So 
For this case, we've got a 43-year-old woman, so a middle-aged woman, with a past medical history significant for diabetes mellitus type 2, and she presents to the emergency room with severe left-sided back pain, nausea, vomiting, chills that all began three hours ago. So it's a pretty acute presentation. Um, this is a lady who's pretty sick. Uh, reading on here, the patient has been experiencing painful urination for the past five days. So she's been experiencing, you know, this painful urination. And then all of a sudden on day five here, she's now experiencing these severe symptoms of left-sided back pain, nausea, vomiting, chills. Uh, the thing that everyone kind of thinks about with painful urination is possibly UTI, especially at a middle-aged woman. But again, uh, there's some other things we'll consider as well as we move forward here. In the ER, her vitals are notable for fever, tachycardia, and hypotension. Uh, so those are relatively concerning. She has a fever with these uh, symptoms, meaning she may have some type of systemic infection. And then you throw in that she's tachycardic and hypotensive. You kind of, your your signals go up for, you know, definitely keep an eye out for if this is a patient's in sepsis or not. Uh, physical exam reveals left-sided flank tenderness. So that confirms what she's been complaining of. Uh, and then her serum labs are notable for an elevated white count. So that just kind of further confirms for us that she has, you know, some inflammatory process, likely an infection. And then her urine analysis is positive for white blood cells, leukocyte esterase, and nitrites. So we'll get into what the different urinalysis findings mean. Uh, but again, just in short, this also further confirms for us that she most likely has an infection somewhere along the urinary tract. And then the question is, which of the following is the most likely mechanism of this patient's pathology? And our answer choices are necrosis of renal tubular cells, decreased renal blood flow, malignancy of the bladder transitional epithelium, and bladder infection, infection ascending up the ureter. So I'll turn it over to Patrick here to kind of give you a summary of the case and then being able to answer the, how to answer the question. Yep. So uh, just to reiterate the highlights, uh, to focus on here, our uh, patient is a middle-aged woman. Diabetes type 2, so something um, that has renal consequences. Um, she's presenting with the uh, chief symptoms of painful urination of acute onset. Critically, this is associated with severe flank pain, nausea, vomiting, and chills, um, which should kind of prime you to think about a systemic process, um, which I'm sure we'll get into here in a second. Uh, she's got a fever on objective findings, uh, tachycardic hypotensive. And the exam, physical exam, confirms her flank pain by demonstrating tenderness to palpation on the left side. So the classic kind of phrase for that is costovertebral angle tenderness. Uh, that's worth remembering. Um, and then our lab findings, we've got uh, leukocytosis and then a urinalysis with white blood cells, uh, leukesterase, and nitrites with nitrites um, especially suggesting a urinary tract infection with, uh, well, uh, we'll get into that too, I think, in a second. Which of the following is the most likely mechanism of this patient's pathology? So the correct answer here, going along with what I just said, is bladder infection ascending up the ureter. Um, so an as ascending urinary tract infection might be another way that could be uh, written. Um, 
and uh, I guess we'll move on and can kind of elucidate things here a little bit more um, in subsequent slides uh, for those of you who are watching along uh, with the video. Sure. Uh, so yeah, we'll briefly kind of touch on UTIs. Everybody's going to see them, so you got to know about them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll briefly talk about uh, UTI. One thing uh, for those of you watching the video, what I, we have a kind of diagram of the urinary uh, system here with the kidneys, ureter, bladder, and then the urethra down here. Uh, so there's what's kind of classification based on anatomy, your lower UTI, which is in the bladder and the urethra, and then the upper UTI, which is uh, more in the ureters and then uh, particularly focused on the kidney. Uh, as far as, you know, a urinary tract infection is just an infection at any point along the urinary tract. And again, we do upper and lower. Risk factors are being female. Um, and the thought with that is that uh, they have a shorter uh, urethra than males do. Uh, sexual intercourse, having an indwelling urinary catheter, because that can just serve as a nidus for infection. Diabetes, because that can affect the immune system. Uh, and then as far as the symptoms go, you know, the kind of the classic ones are pelvic pain or dysuria, which is painful urination, which our patient has changes in urinary frequency. So if someone says they feel like they have to go to the bathroom much more often um, or having trouble getting to the bathroom on time, those can also be uh, caused by a UTI. Some of the bacterial causes, and the USMLE likes to ask about these a lot, um, E. coli, that's actually the most common. Uh, staph, Saprophyticus, Klebsiella, and then Proteus are all other common bugs as well. And then as far as the urinalysis findings, you can see white blood cells, you can see bacteria, positive leukocyte esterase is, is definitely uh, an indicator, and then nitrites um, can point towards gram-negative bacteria, uh, which our patient has all of these in their uh, urinalysis, so again, kind of further pointing towards a UTI. But the issue with UTI is that it can develop uh, into an infection of the renal parenchyma, which is called pyelonephritis. And so it's often the result, like I said, of a lower UTI ascending into the kidney. So what you have, as you can see in the diagram here, you have a lower UTI, and then it kind of ascends up the ureter like this, and then affects the renal parenchyma. Uh, it can also result, though, if you have, you know, uh, bacteremia. So it can, if you have uh, hematogenous spread of bacteria through the blood from another source and it gets into the kidney, that's another way you can get pyelonephritis as well. Um, some risk factors, again, all kind of all of the UTI risk factors, but then additionally, if you have an, an obstruction along here, um, kind of similar to when we were talking about uh, ascending cholangitis uh, in the biliary system, you know, anywhere in the body, if you have a blockage, it's what can result is a buildup of bacteria, and then that bacteria can ascend up a certain uh, lumen. The other thing is that you can, if you have vesicourethral reflux, which is where kind of you have dysfunction of that valve at the junction of the ureter and the bladder, and so you kind of have uh, refluxing or leaking of urine back from the bladder into the ureter. Also, pregnancy can put you at risk for pilo as well. As far as the symptoms go, all the UTI symptoms I just mentioned, plus usually systemic symptoms. If it's just kind of your run-of-the-mill lower UTI in the bladder, you usually don't have these significant systemic symptoms. If someone has, you know, really bad fever, chills, they're nauseous, they're very, you know, essentially very sick, uh, that's going to be more uh, associated or make you suspicious for pyelonephritis like we see with our patient. And then in the urine analysis, what happens is, is that 
you know, the nephron and the renal parenchyma get infected. So then you see a, a large white blood cell uh, response. And then so you have all these neutrophils in the, in the nephron and then the patient pees them out. And so then you pick them up on your analysis. And what can happen is, is these white blood cells can clump together in the nephron and form what's called a cast, which is just essentially they're all kind of stuck together. And so you can see those, you know, plus or minus see those with in your urinalysis as well. And then the way you treat pyelonephritis is you usually give antibiotics and then, you know, fluids and other things if, if you need to. So choice A is necrosis of the renal tubular cells, which is the pathologic process uh, describing acute tubular necrosis or ATN. So this is a result of ischemia um, or toxic injury to uh, the renal parenchyma, which will result ultimately in death of the nephrons. And with this, you'll see compromise of kidney function uh, indicated by an increase in serum creatinine. Um, acute kidney injury, in other words, uh, which you tend not really to see with pyelonephritis. You can also classically with ATN, this is very much worth remembering, see muddy brown casts on microscopic urinalysis and an increased fractional excretion of sodium. I don't know what would be the best way then uh, to kind of explain that. I guess if you have um, a loss of your uh, functional nephrons um, due to their uh, uh, death, cell death, then you're not going to be as it, uh, efficient as uh, at processing uh, sodium. And so your um, going to be essentially spilling out sodium rather than reabsorbing it appropriately from the proximal uh, yeah. tubule. Okay. Proximal convoluted right. tubule. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Uh, whew, glad I got that one. Uh, just a reminder to everyone, I am a board certified OBGYN, 10 years out of uh, med school. So I still vaguely remember some of this for testing purposes, but you do not want me explaining uh, the hardcore pathophysiology of um, some of these findings of the uh, renal system, although I do deal with pyelonephritis fairly frequently. All right, next up, choice B, decreased renal blood flow. So in this situation, you're going to see AKI um, as indicated by, again, increased serum creatinine. Um, but this is uh, a result of uh, something like hypotension, uh, renal artery stenosis, heart failure. Um, those would be three key um, things to remember, three causes to remember. Um, in this situation, uh, it's probably conceptually or heuristically uh, best to think about it as if you don't have as much blood going to the kidney, then you're not going to have as much sodium going to the kidney for processing. So you'll have a decreased uh, fractional excretion of sodium, FENA. And that, I think, is probably more heuristic to help you remember remember that. Um, and then being a pre-renal cause, uh, you'll see an increase in the BUN to creatinine ratio, which I believe should be, uh, what, 20? 20 to 1? Yeah, yeah. Greater than 20 to 1. Yeah, the only thing I would add to the FENA is also, and usually, especially these types of cases like hypotension, especially renal artery stenosis, heart failure, 
is you're going to have an increase in aldosterone. So you're going to be significantly increasing uh, reabsorption of sodium. So again, you're not going to be in versus the case of ATN, you're not going to be spilling out much sodium at all because your body's trying to conserve, cons- conserve, you know, fluid volume. So that's the other reason you would see, in addition to what Patrick was mentioning, the low blood flow, you would see decreased FENA as well. And then the final distractor was malignancy of the bladder transitional epithelium. So uh, this one is describing a transitional cell carcinoma uh, of the bladder, which is less likely here for a couple reasons. One, uh, not the right age. You're going to see patients older than like 60, more of uh, an older adult population that's going to be affected by transitional cell carcinoma. Classic presentation is painless hematuria. Um, and something worth remembering on this note for testing purposes would be exposure to vinyl chloride um, and some other environmental toxins uh, is a risk factor for uh, bladder cancer. I don't know if it's worth mentioning. Uh, no, it's probably not. But uh, <laughs> just tangentially, I guess another answer choice we don't really have here is hemorrhagic cystitis, a classic finding in people who are treated with um, cyclophosphamide. And the uh, antidote or, or treatment for that is mesna seems to show up a lot on exam. So just throwing that out there since we're kind of talking about cancer. Hemorrhagic cystitis is not the same as transitional cell carcinoma, uh, but it is seen in cancer uh, malignant states um, when treated with cyclophosphamide. So bonus. Uh, And then our um, correct answer choice is a bladder infection ascending up the ureter, choice D. So this is the most common method that bacteria access the upper tract um, through ascending from the urethra and, uh, you know, a recent history of UTI, like a uncomplicated UTI, just you're straight up, I have pain when I pee, uh, frequency, urgency. Maybe the, the patient comes in and had antibiotics, but they, they uh, didn't improve clinically or um, have a history of 10 to 14 days of di- you know, dysuria frequency urgency, um, your garden variety lower tract UTI is not going to stick around that long. Um, and if it does, you're going to be set up for a pyelonephritis picture with um, you know, uh, you can you can think. I like what you said about stasis or you know the risk factors for pylo. Uh, I think you can group a lot of them conceptually into whatever mechanically um, affects the ability of urine to get from the kidney through the ureter to the bladder and then out. Um, so pregnancy is gonna you know press on the ureter as the uterus gets bigger, but also think in that uh, OBGYN kind of category, ovarian cancers, large, bulky, symptomatic, you know, fibroid uteri. Um, and these patients come in, like we've said, uh, severe flank pain would be the chief symptom. And I would say the unique uh, finding on physical exam to remember for pyelonephritis is costovertebral angle tenderness, and you will expect to see findings consistent with a urinary tract infection generally on your laboratory testing. 
So yeah, everybody, that's uh, that's what we got for you this week uh, for this renal pathology case. So yeah, we got a case of uh, acute nephritis on what was previously an uncomplicated lower urinary tract infection uh, and a result of bladder infection ascending up the ureter. So again, thanks again. And you know, you can find the audio for this case on the Inside the Boards uh, platform or wherever you listen to podcasts. And then the video is available on the DaVinci Academy YouTube channel. And you can find those at the uh, links in the description.